What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode number 21 of Granny Shot, your not-so-serious all-things-NBA pod. I'm Ryan Carroll, and what you just heard was our brand-new Granny intro jingle, written by our very own Delco. Now, before I say hello to Don and hand it over to Delco to explain how he wrote such a beautiful musical masterpiece, here's an agenda of today's episode. As always, we're going to start with our Granny Trivia Quiz Question of the Week. That's going to be themed around our main topic, which today is going to be a contender versus pretender themed episode. In the spirit of us being 25% through the seasons with the standing starting to take shape, we're going to walk through a handful of teams near the top half of each conference and discuss, are they for real? Can they contend? Or are they destined for early round playoff exits? Of course, we will also have our Granny Fantasy segment towards the end, so if you play fantasy basketball, whether it's traditional or daily fantasy, you'll want to tune in for that part. Now, before we jump in, allow me to say hello on this beautiful Sunday morning to my co-hosts, Don and Delco, and see if we can get a glimpse into that musical genius mind, Delco. How you doing it over there? I'm doing well, Ryan. To write the Granny Jingle, it was quite the process, similar to how Boney Vare escaped into isolation uh, for a number of months to record for Emma forever ago. I I isolated myself and took inspiration from multiple sources, including the Beatles, Michael Jackson, and others. And, you know, through through that artistic process, I came up with the granny jingle that, that you had just heard. The, the original was actually uh, six hours long, but I cut it down. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I cut it down to what you, what you hear today, but Yes, it's uh, my magnum opus. It, it's really lovely. I, I don't know what else to say. I'm, I'm looking forward to the full Granny album whenever that's going to drop. Yes, well, this song this song took months, and so um, maybe year by the year 2030, we'll have that album out. Can't wait. Don, how are you doing? What did you think of the jingle? You know, I kind of liked Carol's jingle a little bit more in the beginning, but but Doko's has grown on me. Uh, you know, you son of a bitch. Li- Sounds like it took like, you know, a the minute, battle of the but, jingles uh, sometime in the future. That's another podcast. There we go. I'm doing good, though. It's like really terrible weather here in Charlotte, but happy we get to break out of this bad weather with some some granny fanny fun, you know? Yeah, winter storm warnings all up and down the East Coast. But uh, let's jump into some of the topics here today. One thing that I want to make sure that uh, we discuss is how last night was such a awesome night of basketball. And there was some great action going on. We had LaMelo's performance versus the Bucks. The Bucks now lose two in a row to the Ball Brothers. They're just getting big ballard all over the place. You had Jimmy Butler's return to action. He had an incredible game in his first game back. And then you had Dame Time. His performance in the last 10 seconds of that game, ending it on a fadeaway three off of a jump ball. And then on top of that, right, another good game between the Celtics and the Lakers. Just an awesome night of basketball last night. And and I don't want to talk too much about that because we've got a full agenda today. But of those ones that I just named, what were you guys' like most impressive or, or favorite thing that happened last night? It was definitely Dame. Dame Dalla. I mean, that was just classic Dame shot. I think as soon as the ball rolled to him off that jump ball, was anyone betting against him to miss that? I wasn't. He always has a few of those in him every year, and it's always fun to watch him do that. But my, mine was definitely the LaMelo show. He's really looking so much better than I ever thought he could. He looks mature out there. He's exceeding expectations out there with the team defense. Um, I think we all expected the flashy passes and maybe some cookies here and there, but he's he's really turning into a solid player before he even turns 20. So it's it's been fun to watch him grow and see if he can't ease into that starting lineup at some point in the near future. Yeah, it was without a doubt Lamelo's best performance of the season thus far, and it—I think it came off of a—it was really good timing, right? In the sense that he kind of had a, a tough stretch there, four or five games in a row where he was turning the ball a bit over a bit too much. But yeah, huge performance from Lamelo. Let's see how consistent he can be. That's normally rookies' toughest transition in the league is keeping that consistency up. Let's uh, jump into our granny quiz question of the week here, and. Guys, you guys have terrible records in the Granny Quiz Question of the Week so far, so I'm hoping that this one's easy enough for you. And it is themed with our Contender versus Pretender uh, episode here. 
I mean, loosely themed, I will say. I had a hard time finding a question that was fully themed on contender versus pretender. But in the spirit of teams that maybe they didn't get off to the best start that they wanted to and that they still have hope, that's, that's how this question is written. So the Quizmaster's question is, in the 2000s era, what team had the worst regular season win percentage to win the NBA championship? I'm looking for the franchise and the year because there's been 21 championships thus far in the 2000s. Only nine franchises have won. So I want the franchise and the year. Any wiggles? Do you guys think you know it? I just assume I'm going to be wrong every time. I, I have a guess, though. Uh, I don't even have a guess right now. I got to think about it. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll get back to it at the end of the episode. All right, so let's dive into our main topic for today. And like I said, it's going to be a contender versus pretender segment here. I've got a list of teams and I'm going to ask you, are they for real? Are they not? And to define contender, I want you to, and, and it can be loosely defined here, right? So the way that I'm thinking of it, can they get to the finals? Not necessarily are they going to win the finals, but are the contenders in the specific conference, right? And, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, they're my one favorite. Do you think they have what it takes to potentially, if things ducks fall in a row there, right, for them, can they get there? So I'm going to start in the West, and I'm going to start with two teams that I think, and I kind of hope that you're both going to say are contenders, and then we're going to move on to some of the ones that will probably be uh, a little bit more up for debate. So the Lakers and the Clippers. And Don, I'm going to come to you first. Are the Lakers and the Clippers contenders or pretenders in your mind? The Lakers are contenders. The Clippers are pretenders. The Clippers are pretenders. I would have not expected that. Why do you say that? I'm not seeing the magic this season. I don't know even if Ducks fall in a row that they're going to be able to win an NBA championship with the level of talent that's now in the East and then beating the Lakers. I don't, I don't see it on their team. You don't think that they can get to the finals? No, I don't. Wow. I, I think they have a better chance of getting to the finals than, well, I'm not going to say that because I had them as the favorites to come out last year, but I think they're better than they were last year. Yeah, I see. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get the vibe this season. I'm all about vibes, Ryan. You know, that energy with the team, you can feel it. It's palpable. I, I like the way that the Clippers have responded to their bubble collapse. PG is, you know, they called him playoff P after he shit the bed a little bit uh, in the bubble and he's come out shooting really high percentages, looking confident for the most part, uh, despite being rattled in a in a game or two here and there. When PG thirteen and Kawhi are are on and locked in, they probably learned a less a lesson from the bubble last year, and they'll take each ser- series very seriously. So I I do foresee them at the very least in the conference finals this year, and then we'll see if it's if it's Lakers Clippers what that looks like. But I would say contenders so contender from delco pretender from don i'm certainly going contender i I might even have them as my favorite again this year to come out of the west Uh, so i'm pretty shocked that don you you're saying pretender there i thought we were just going to quickly roll through lakers and clippers as everyone's saying they're contenders but let's get into some of the more fun teams i think it is uh to to discuss this type of topic and the first one that i want to talk about is the nuggets So the Nuggets last season, they actually get to the conference finals. They come back from three games down to one in two straight series, one versus the Clippers, one versus the Jazz, end up losing to the Lakers. This year, they're off to, uh, some would maybe say, a little bit of a slow start after they make the conference finals last season. They're sitting at 11-8. and It's good for fourth, tied for fourth in the Western Conference right now. Do you guys think that the Nuggets are contenders or do you think that they're destined for an early round playoff exit? Delco, let me hear it from you first this time. Preseason, I had them slipping and falling, but Jokic is, he typically has to play himself into basketball shape. And it seems like he started the season in basketball shape. So I've been really obviously impressed at his MVP level performance. I think he's an unsung MVP candidate. And they've gotten to this point without Michael Porter Jr., who seems like he's been playing pretty well, too. So it's it's a team to watch for sure, but it's it's still the NBA, and it does feel like there's only really a handful of actual contenders, and I'm not completely sold on the Nuggets making another run here. 
All right, Pretender. I- I'm going to agree with you there before I hear what Dan has to say. I had the Nuggets as a Pretender going into the preseason because I still don't think they have any sort of defensive identity. And I think that they even lost some of their defense- defensive identity from last year to this season when they uh, let Jeremy Grant go. So I-, I don't see them winning two straight series versus the Lakers and the Clippers. I know that there's a scenario where they won't have to do that, but I think that's an unlikely scenario. Michael Porter Jr. and the development of him is probably the key thing, to your point, that could change my mind from them moving from a pretender to a contender. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say um, contender on this one. You made a really good point there with Grant, and the impact he had on that team last year was foundational from a defensive standpoint and just from a three-ball standpoint. But I think they still have the upside, and it goes back to also what you just mentioned about Michael Porter Jr. There's still a lot of season left. I think he can still come into that spotlight that they need him to. And as long as they have Jokic, they're a really dangerous team. I mean, Jokic is arguably the best center in the league, um, the most versatile center. And Jamal Murray, on any given day like he did in the bubble, he can go for 50-60 a game. So I think as long as you have those two performing, you need someone like Michael Porter Jr. who can who can come in and, and fill that, that void that they're looking for. They've also had underperforming so far from Gary Harris, Will Barton, and, uh, and Murray. That, Murray hasn't been playing that well either this year. He's been yeah, dealing with like like an elbow issue or something. Yeah, but like he'll, what I'm saying is like Murray will be fine in my opinion. Like he's he's pretty reliable when it comes to like in the moment opportunities. I'm looking more at like from a depth perspective, like that like that Grant type player that they're missing. Who is going to step up? Um, and Gary Harris, everyone thought he he was going to have a way better year this year. He's a little lackluster. This is one of Will Barton's, from a statistical standpoint, one of Will, Will Barton's worst seasons. So, right, it's all about who's going to come in and be that extra push for them um, when Jokic and Murray may not be 100% on their game. I still, though, I like the team. I, I think, again, I think the ceiling of that team um, is pretty high. So, and I, they bring good energy, which is something I look for in a team all the time. So, But who's who's guarding, you know, LeBron and Kawhi and Paul George, you know, in those series that they're going to have to get through to possibly make a finals. You know, I think Gary Harris probably takes on one of those assignments, but you know, who's the other guy? And like, that's what I can't seem to wrap my head around in terms of them taking that next step. Right. And it was Grant last year and he did a great job, but it wasn't just Grant. I think it was also them being under the radar and, you know, after that dogfight against Utah, the Clippers just expecting to skip through that series. And I don't think that'll happen again this year. The Nuggets are going to have a target on their back and people know that they have the capability to get to the Western Conference Finals and take away the arguably best suited person to defend the Kawhi or LeBron or PG. And I, I, I don't see them repeating what they did last year. Yeah, you know what? I'm actually, I'm going to change. The gonna flip-flopper. Change. Flip-flopper. Because yeah. I, I forgot that Craig's not on their team anymore. It's too cold Boy. for flip-flops. Oh, Tory Craig is like, yeah, Craig, a difference Tor- maker. He is. From a defensive standpoint, he is. I oh, mean, come you, on, man. He is. If you if you take away Tory Craig from that team, I think they still can have a defensive asset on the floor when they're going against those guys. I mean, yeah, I Tory, mean, he's Tory, an Tory asset, but he's not a difference maker. By yes, he means. is. Tory, Tory Craig is a very underrated defender. He's actually above average. Taking away him and Grant on that team make them a lot more susceptible. So, I mean, they take away a Tory Craig, but they add Jamichael Green. Is there really a big difference there? Yes. Mm, I don't think so. Yes, one hundred percent. Okay, one hundred percent, right? One hundred percent. Wow. So, because Tory Craig is no longer on the team, and Don forgot that took them from being a contender to a pretender. Someone write yeah, that one down. Because they don't. Where is, Tory, where is Tory Craig? Where did he go? I think he's working at Starbucks. So Starbucks, Starbucks took, are, yeah. are contenders. He took Ben Simmons shift. <laughs> All right. So we, I was going to say that so far, Delco and I are the only ones that are agreeing and Don's the outcast, but Don changes his mind and we all agree that the Nuggets are pretenders. They're not actually going to be any sort of threat in the playoffs. Tory Craig is a superstar. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Green and him are just completely different players. 
We'll, we'll see. Well, I guess we'll see. Maybe uh, Jermichael Green will, will prove us all wrong and the Nuggets will win it all this season. So let's uh, move on to another team in the interest of time here. So uh, I'm going to go. I've got two more teams in the West I want to talk about. The first one I'm going to talk about is the Blazers because I, I just keep getting the sense that people still believe in the Blazers because they've had all these injuries and in preseason. You guys were just all about the Blazers uh, and a lot of people were. So I want to see where you're uh, where your heartbeat is on the Blazers and if you think that they're still contenders once they're able to get healthy. My heart is broken for this Blazers team. It really is. I I love them, love their the individual players, love seeing small market teams stay competitive for a long period of time without, you know, super high draft picks. And I was really high on them, but that's that's gone for me. CJ having a career year, he's out. Nurkish, a critical piece for this team that that desperately needs size, rebounding, and defense. He's out. They've managed to stay afloat. They're tied for the sixth seed right now, but I just I just don't see it. I know they had a, a buzzer beater last night against a below average Bulls team. They had a big lead on the Rockets, who are struggling a little bit, and they blew that lead. So I think they've managed to stay afloat. Props to them. I'm rooting for them. I, I love these guys, but. I just don't see how long-term they can keep it up. And I'm not even sure if they're going to sneak into that 10th seed to, for the play-in game at this point. So definitely, definitely not contenders in my mind. Interesting. Don? I'm going to, I'm going to disagree. Uh, I think they're definitely contenders. I think by the time the playoffs come around, they're going to have full health, uh, which is the biggest thing. It's the number one issue that we can all talk about is Nurkic going down and McCollum going down. What a fantastic year CJ's been having. As but they weren't said. even that good when they were healthy at the beginning of the season. Right, but it also, it just takes time to work back into the system. I think, I think again, when you look at it from a top-line perspective, I think that team and their best five going against another best five is very, it's very compatible, and it, it's a team that can beat a top-line talent. Dame has proved himself time and time again, like last night, that he can hit the big shot. He can do what it takes. And McCollum was showing that this season he had made that step forward. And when you have a playoff Dame and McCollum who's on his best career year, and then you add these factors like Nurkic coming back, Cantor's doing well for what's been asked of him. I I still think they're contenders if they can get back to full health because if you look at their depth as well, their depth is actually not that bad. Uh, They've they've got good depth. I agree with that. But like they they have the same issue that they have every year, I think. And that's to the same point as I made it at the Nuggets is the defensive identity. And to be a contender worth where they're looking, they're going to probably slip in as a five, six, seven, eight seed, right? Which means they're going to have to beat the Clippers, the Lakers, the Jazz, probably back to back to back to make it to the finals. And I agree with you. They can win one of those series. Like on any given series, they've got the talent to win one of those, but not multiples. If, if they're that, completely healthy... And they're in the playoffs. I can see them pulling a, a run similar to what the Nuggets did and completely agree with that when they are healthy with Don's point on depth, ninth, 10th man, man down, you have a solid NBA players. But my question right now is, are they even going to make the playoffs? That's my main worry. And once they get there, they can run with anyone, in my opinion, especially if they have guys like Robert Covington step up to their career averages. He's been having a really off season then they'll be a tough team to beat. But I'm I'm not convinced that they'll even make the playoffs anymore with those injuries. Yeah, so like I said, I'm with you guys that they can win any, you know, one series here and there. They've got the talent to do it. I just don't think they'd be able to put multiple series together. So that's why I've definitely got them as a pretender. It sounds like Delco, you've got them as a pretender. Don, you've got them as a contender. Once again, we disagree. Let's move on to our final team. And I think the most fun team to talk about in the West Utah Jazz. The Jazz have won 11 in a row. They are sitting at the number one seed in the West right now. They're fun to watch because they play a little bit of a different style than the modern NBA right now. And they play that team ball. They don't really have a superstar. It's more about the collective on their side. Where are you guys' minds at? Are the Jazz contenders or is this run of 11 games straight going to wane off? And are they pretenders? Oh, this one's tough because I really appreciate watching the Jazz. Grew up in Utah, so I got to see a lot of the 90s ball there. I mean, they're f- efficient. They have great depth. My my heart is saying contender, and my brain, which usually is wrong, is saying pretender. 
I think they've gotten a little hot. I worry about the top line talent. I think that's the biggest worry with the Jazz. If Mitchell can step into that role and take on, right, we're talking about like the LeBron James of the world, Anthony Davis, the Kevin Durant's, like, can they be that team to get past, you know, some of these superstar level talented teams? And I think that's going to be the biggest question because as a team, they play fantastically, but it's all about seven games in a row against the best of the best. It's 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 so it's tough for me. I'm just gonna I'm gonna be strong here. I'm gonna say contender. Contender for the Jazz from Don. He likes what he sees so far. Delco. This is a tough one, and it kind of goes back to what your real definition of contender is. You know, what percentage are you, are you saying for contender? But without even hearing your answer, I think I'm gonna go contender as well. Um, you know, last year they were one inch of a Mike Conley three away from beating the Nuggets who made the Western Conference Finals without one of their best offensive players in, in Bohan. And I, I think that that kind of went, you know, because the Nuggets made it so far that that kind of uh, faded away as a storyline that the Utah Jazz were, were so close to winning that series and then who knows what could have happened. Uh, they're on this hot tear right now. They have the second best defense in the West. If not uh, overall, I'm not sure exactly what it is. Uh, Mike Conley is having is is bouncing back really well. I know some people were yeah. were really worried that he was going to fade off as he got older, but he's having a hell of a season. Uh, Mitchell hasn't been playing that well during this hot streak. He's, he's been playing okay, but he's been very inefficient. Uh, he hasn't been playing as well as he was in the bubble, and I think if he picks it up and this team keeps playing incredible team defense and uh, keeps moving the ball and keeps relying on this veteran presence. I think they can be actual contenders and maybe they don't have that top line talent that Don was talking about, but you know, a team like the Pistons back in the two thousands won an NBA championship without a real superstar. So I don't see why, why the jazz can do the same. I, I like that point about how Donovan Mitchell really hasn't even played that great because one, Last night they win. They beat the Mavs by 20 and Donovan Mitchell didn't even play. So this isn't even, you know, a team that's so reliant on Donovan Mitchell for them to play well. You've got Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson coming off the bench. I mean, that's two sixth man of the year candidates on the same team, potentially, right? If, you know, sometimes they're going to start, but, you know, that's two just fantastic players coming off the bench for them. Um, Clarkson's really coming to his own as a guy that can just come on the floor and give you energy and always be reliable to score. I'm going contender, but I think it's very important for them to get the one seed. I don't think they could win back to back versus the Clippers and the Lakers, but I do think that they can win one of those series, which is why they have to get the one seed. And if they get the one seed and get the Clippers in the conference finals or the Lakers in the conference finals, why not? I definitely think they can win that series. I just don't think they'd be able to win two in a row. Yeah, that, that's fair. I'm not sure that they will get the one seed, although I know they'll fight for it. But going back to your point on Mitchell, I've always thought with this Jazz team that, you know, because the NBA is such a superstar-driven league and everyone wants to have that superstar, that Mitchell ends up getting too much credit for the success of this Jazz team and too much of the spotlight. And I love Donovan Mitchell as a player, as a person. He seems like a great guy, always seems to be connecting with the fans. But this is a full team effort and you have a lot of really, really good NBA players on this team. And I think a lot of times people look at Donovan Mitchell as the star and the person who's carrying this team, but I don't think that's true at all. I think he gets a little bit too much credit. I, I completely agree, but I, I also do love Donovan Mitchell. I do think it's important to have a guy that can just get you a bucket come playoff time as well. And Donovan Mitchell has shown that he can be that guy like in the bubble this past year. He just had that knack to take over games so that's important, but I agree with you. It's not necessarily like his team per se, right? They are a collective and it's a nice refreshing thing in the NBA these days. The Jazz are kind of like the antithesis to what James Harden and the Rockets were for the last several years. So if you don't like that kind of ball, come join us on the Jazz train and start cheering for them because I would love for that to be how the NBA kind of reverts back to because this one-on-one -on -one ISO ball is just not my style. Maybe we should bring Donovan Mitchell on and, and tell him we don't think he's for real, like Shaq did on live TV. <laughs> I'm, not, was... I'm not really sure what, like, I, you could tell he thought he was being so, like, deep and inspiring and people were going to be like, damn, yeah, Shaq, but it's like, what, what the fuck are you talking about, man? Like, I don't think... Donovan Mitchell's just like, okay. Okay, yeah. 
<laughs> all right. All right. So we've got contenders from all three of us for the Jazz. I think, like I said, they're a really fun team, and that's uh, them and the Nuggets are the only teams that all three of us agree on after Don flip-flopped on the Nuggets because he has so much faith and uh, some some guys that I didn't even really realize were still in the league. So you, let's... You know, but before you transition, Ryan, I think it's interesting you're guiding this discussion and we're just going to not talk about the Suns or or the Warriors. So maybe we can talk about them in another episode, but... Hey, if you think that they're contenders, then by all means, put it on record right now. You know, CP3 has that squad looking good. And, and similar to the the Jazz, Devin Booker's been underperforming pretty massively. Same with Aiton. But I think Aiton's learning and growing a lot. So they're a team to watch for sure. I never want to count CP3 out of a deep playoff run. Team to watch does not equal contender in my mind. But if you want to throw them out there as possibilities pre-contender <laughs> pre-contender all right we've got a new term here so let's move on to the east and if there's any pre-contenders in here too you can call that out we've now got three categories so let's start first with the nets uh, this was another one that i kind of thought would go really quickly like the lakers and clippers but don kind of threw a wrench into that plan so let's talk about the nets a little bit we've talked about the nets like way too much in the last couple episodes so are they contenders or not in my mind, yes, they are absolutely contenders. In my, actually, I think they're the favorites to come out of the East. I'm going to agree with that one. Contenders. You can't look at that top line talent and say that they're not contenders. So that's pretty easy for me. Easy, easy contenders. I would be shocked if they didn't come out of the East at this point, despite their defensive woes that we've harped on. All right. Quick enough. Let's move on. So the first team I'm going to ask you guys about is a team that Don loves is a a huge fantasy for the Milwaukee Bucks. They've made some changes from last season to this season. They got Drew Holiday. Have they done enough to become real contenders? Right. I think people have always kind of thought of them as contenders the last two seasons, although maybe some folks didn't because they didn't think Giannis had that maybe it factor in the playoffs yet. So are they contenders now with the changes that they've made and maybe with the improvements that Giannis has made over the last season or two? Giannis first second does Don still love the Bucks I feel like that's like an ex of Don's he doesn't really talk about them much anymore just for the record I asked Giannis if I can call him Giannis and he said yes ah okay sorry didn't didn't know that yeah yeah show some respect Doko yeah he, he slides in my DMs every now and then yeah but I, I don't see Don wearing his Buck shirt anymore I, I'm just kind of wondering what's what's the deal there uh, got my got my LO Cool J shirt on today um no, I wear my Buck shirt all the time. They're still still my number two with Heat, my number three. Uh, I go I go after teams that I, you know the players that I really like. It's for me, I'm more of a players guy than a team guy. But uh, Giannis is definitely he's still one of the best in the league. He has to at some point put it together. I think the Bucks are still contenders. I don't think you can look at that team and say they're not. I will say that they are not playing like a championship team i haven't seen that energy or that spark yet um especially one that i thought would be there with the replacement of eric bledsoe with drew holiday honestly i think they're missing as weird as this is like guys like george hill like very pure shooters who's like veteran leadership does all the small things they're they're missing a couple of it factors uh from the death perspective and there's a lot of players who are just playing a lot differently this year than they did in previous years I don't again. I don't think you can count out Giannis, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday when they're all clicking and the team's formulated right. Uh, I think they're going to be obvious contenders. So I'm going to say contenders because this will carry on throughout the season, and they still have the top line talent to win an NBA championship. It's just all about where they go the next twenty, thirty games, and if they can get into you know a more final formed contender team. But yeah, they're definitely still contenders. All right. Don said you can't look at this roster and say that they're not contenders, and I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm going to look at the roster and say I think they're pretenders. They might they might even finish regular season at, with, at the first seed again, but when it comes down to must-win big games, playoff games, I just don't think this team has it in them, and that really, in my opinion, boils down to Giannis's inability to spread the floor. He charges to the hoop every time. We saw it last night against the Hornets, and when you get in his head, when you decide that you want to foul him, when you start, you know, if you're tough enough to take those offensive fouls, 
you just completely take away what his entire offensive game is based off of. And you can tell it gets in his head. You know, he doesn't want to be at the line a lot. That that kills his confidence. He expects to get fouled when he drives to the basket or expects people to get out of their way. And when you don't do that, it kills his confidence. And he cannot shoot the three. I know he's worked on it. He's taking more, but it's it's hideous. So until he figures out how to space the floor a little bit, this team is very one-dimensional. They're very good at that one dimension. But when you're playing against teams that are trying to make the NBA finals, you you need other facets of the game to be clicking. And I haven't really seen that from this team. I know they're still kind of getting to know each other, but you know, Chris Middleton's having a career year. He's playing incredible, shooting really, really well from the floor, playing fantastic ball, and they're still struggling. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say pretenders. I don't foresee them making the finals. How about that uh, free throw performance a week or so back from Giannis? One for 10, I think it was. How about last night where he airballed it and hit the, the bottom tip of the net? It's just so hard to watch. You're like, this is this guy's an MVP, and I get it. He's a back-to-back. Okay, sh- first of all, show some respect. He's a back-to-back MVP of the league. He's averaging 28-11-6-1-1. I mean, how much more do you want from a back-to-back mvp i want I would to, be like able to, from, to, to be able to hit the rim on a free throw. oh yeah yeah i would yeah i would love if like peak Shaq could hit a three i really would love that but some players are not meant to hit threes and he should not be required of that from the bucks they should be able to fill in that and he should stop shooting them if that's the case i don't i just i disagree because it's going to only boost his confidence if he does start making them. And if there's no one else that can get open and take those shots and there's no point you talk about chris middleton playing so well Chris Middleton doesn't move the needle for a championship with that team. Like Chris Middleton, he's the same player he was three or four years ago. You're saying he's having an amazing year. He always has good years. Like he's one of the most consistent players, but he never pushes the needle. Like I agree with that. that. I, I agree with that. I also don't think Drew Holiday pushes the needle any more than what they did in the trade. Right? They lost George Hill. They lost Blood. So they lost a lot of depth for basically pump up their starting five to lose a lot of depth. I don't think they got any better. I I don't think Chris Middleton's any really better than he was in the past. So the only way that they're going to move from the last two seasons to this season is if Giannis makes a step and can start taking over games in the playoffs and hitting threes and making free throws and just taking over. And I don't know that he's going to do that. And the other reason that I, one last point that I'm just going to go on record. I'm pretender. One last point from me is I don't think the Bucks have gotten any better. I think if anything, they've stayed the same. And I think the East has gotten significantly better. And for that reason is why I think they're a pretender. We're vibing today, Carol. I don't like it. I agree the East has gotten better, but I think we also have a recency bias about the Bucks team and the way they played the Hornets last night. If you look at their losses, just a couple. One to the Celtics. None of this matters, though. I've, I've said when I started they might finish one in the in the East for the regular season. What I'm saying is for a seven game series against another team that wants to make the NBA finals, I don't see the Bucks making the full run all the way there. I don't really see them getting through multiple teams that are equipped to make the playoffs, see, I definitely, especially I definitely when do. the coaches can specifically game plan, not just for a regular season game that passes against Giannis, but for a full series against Giannis, he's much easier to game plan for than pretty much any other superstar. They're going to have to beat the Nets and one of the Celtics and Sixers at a bare minimum. They're going to have to win two of those series in a row, and I just don't think they have that in them. As you said, Ryan, the Eastern Conference is really, really good this year. And I think for any team coming out of the East, they're going to have to be the NBA champion. There are so many top-line good teams in the East. But we just talk about the Bucks like they're underperforming. It's like they just haven't caught their groove yet. The controller of the ball, Drew Holiday, is a new asset to that team. They lost to the Heat by nine. But that was after they beat them by 50. The game before, they beat them by 50. And that was the championship full health Miami Heat team. So, like, we just have to have a little bit of sample size to this. We can't just say, like, oh, they're so bad. They lost to the Hornets last night. Well, I'm not not saying they're bad. I think they're a really good team. I like this team. And, again, I said they could could finish number one in the conference. You're, you're like, missing my point when I'm not saying they're bad. I'm saying I do not think they can win three playoff series in a row where people are game planning for Giannis and all of his deficiencies. Listen, we all we all said the Heat were going to be better this year. We all thought the Heat were going to be contenders this year. At the you very beginning, talk, we all... You want to talk sample the, size? They haven't had anyone. 
They've, they've been running no, on. I'm talking about, no, I'm talking about the very beginning of the season before COVID started impacting players, before injury started impacting players. So if you can beat the, that, you can one beat or the two, former, that one or two games with no offseason. It's like that for everyone, though. You can't, like, every team is hindered right now. It's just like, they'll be contenders. Don't you worry. I've made bets with Ryan before with his, his Celtics boys, and I won those. I'll make some more this year. In one series. One series. Now, I'll go on record right now and say the Bucks don't make it past the Eastern Conference semifinals. I feel very confident about that. I don't think they can get past the Sixers, Celtics, or Nets, actually. So, um, very easy for me, pretender. We'll make that bet down the line. I'm not worried about the Celtics at all. All right. Well, let's t- let's move on. Let's talk about the Celtics. I think you already answered the question, contender, pretender for the Celtics, Don. So I'll let you open it up there. Uh, anything to add on to what I think you're about to say and that they are pretenders? They are pretenders. They do not have the ability or the top line talent to beat the Nets or, in my opinion, the Bucks or 76ers. They don't, don't have think... the top line talent. They've Ryan, got what, two, probably maybe they've got two shoe in all stars plus a former all star. Yeah, how how are Kemba Walker's knees doing? Kemba looks good. For how long? I don't know, but I mean, he looks good right now. If you're just yeah, Kemba, on yeah, Kemba, yeah, Kemba hurt. does look good when he has those steroid shots. He, you need a you need a great starting point guard on any of these caliber teams, in my opinion. Marcus Smart's and, a very good starting point guard. They're good even without Kemba. They've been playing without him for most of the season. They they've never had a championship team in the last five six years. Wow. Two they'll years go, ago, they'll go come two, in and, and continue the trend of agreeing. No, wait, wait. You're this really is the same the same conversation we had two years ago when they, right? You thought that they were going to go to the championship. They played the Bucks, and what happened? Yeah, but it's a different conversation because that was two years ago, and they had Kyrie, and Kyrie is a team killer, except for this year. <laughs> Carol, I'm sorry. Reinforcements aren't coming on this one. I wow. The the Celtics are a tough read because they've you know they've been without. Uh, Tatum for a few weeks with COVID and it, it's hard and then without Kimba for the beginning of the season I don't really have faith in Kimba to bounce back they've already come out and said he's not going to play any back-to-backs that he's going to be on a minutes limit for the foreseeable future I am worried about his knees it's, it's a solid Celtics team for sure Jalen Brown's making a leap Tatum is getting a little bit better but they also don't have any depth and I'm worried that if Kimba isn't able to stay healthy and you know how much of the load can Tatum and Jalen take on their own with, with smart is a you know really solid piece but he's not someone who can really carry a team either and he actually I know it's minor but he got hurt last night too and once you start to see some of these injuries there's really not much there behind them and so I'm not as strong on them as I was preseason and I do worry about them and I'm not I'm not sure that they can make that serious you know three series run to make the finals either. So I'm I'm kind of pumping the brakes a little bit, unfortunately, on this Celtics team, but hoping I'm wrong. Um you upset me, Delco. I thought I thought we were vibing today. Fuck off. <laughs> so <laughs> so my reason for saying that they're contenders is Jalen Brown's leap. I think Jalen Brown is you can easily argue right now equally as important to the Celtics as Jason Tatum because of how important he is on the defensive side of the ball and of how efficient he's been this season. I think he's been incredible. Uh, I think having two wing stars, I'm not going to call either of them superstars right now, and the ability for them to potentially take that leap into superstar status, and I'm not talking Don superstar status, I'm talking normal level superstar status here. I think that could happen. I think that's a very real possibility, which is why I have them as contenders. I do agree it's going to be tough for them to beat the Nets, Sixers, Bucks if they had to do that three times in a row or even two. But I think that it's a real possibility. So I'm staying contender. I would like to see them bolster their bench to your guys' points, um, but I think they're going to have some opportunities to do that. So I'm going to contender here. I, I have a question. If they both make massive leaps, let's say best case scenario, and they basically become Kawhi and PG-13, are they as good as the Clippers even? I mean... Yes, I think so. I think the supporting cast of Marcus Smart, Kemba, is is definitely pushes them over the edge of, of the Clippers. Over uh, Patrick Beverly, Reggie Jackson, Zubak, Ibaka, Lou Williams, Kennard. The only name of Nick, all those people Nick that Batum, you just... Nick Batum. I mean, all, all, those, all those guys that I just named 
I think are better than most of what the Celtics are working with outside of Tatum, Brown, Smart, even Kimba, honestly. He's like... Uh, you guys are showing no respect for Kemba because he's got hurt for the first time. He looks like a different player. He looks like a different player from what I've seen. For the first time? What are you talking about? Kemba does not have a terrible injury history until the last year. He played a lot of games in Charlotte. So I, I think he's going to be okay. We put him a lot of miles on that guy. I think they're starting yeah. to show. I think he's going to bounce back. I think there's been a lot of disrespect for him. And he's looked fine in what he's played so far. So... Looks like we've got two pretenders, one contender. I will continue to wave the Celtics flag and carry them on my back to a NBA Finals. But let's move on to the 76ers. This is the last team on my list. The 76ers are a polarizing team. I know within this group here because of our tanking versus non-tanking beliefs. Sixers have a little bit of a new roster. They have a new coach. They look a little bit different than in the past. I think last season and previous seasons, I was on the side that the Sixers didn't have what it takes. I'll go on record here and saying I think the Sixers are also contenders. I think that they can make it to the finals and have a very real possibility in doing that. I think the addition of Seth Curry is big. Having that consistent shooting on the perimeter is big for them. Uh, and I think that that's really going to help them. And I think Doc is really allowing Embiid to shine. So I'm going contender here. I'm going contender as well. I think we haven't even seen... Ben uh, Simmons play his best ball yet this season. Uh, we are seeing Joel Embiid play like the superstar he he is, and uh, he is taking that next step, which is both scary for the opponents and also great for the consumers and the fans to see. Uh, and, and also with all the injuries they've had due to COVID, right? These like COVID skips, they've had a lot of players step in and get some floor time, which has been really nice to see. And actually, like take a look at that depth and who can step in. Tyrese Maxey is a name who is a rookie this year, is performing very well. Yeah, overall with what they added in uh, Seth Curry and Danny Green and then adding a little bit more talented on the uh, the front court side, I think they have a serious chance of winning an NBA championship. It just uh, can Doc break that streak of not winning in the playoffs. Yeah, Maxi and, and Shake Milton have definitely stepped up to help carry the squad dealing with the COVID issues that they've had. But I think I'm going to stick with with uh, when it comes to actually competing for the finals pretender again, I I really love all the offseason moves that you all have mentioned. I've, I've been high on them um, since the preseason, but you're putting a lot of stock into Joel Embiid's health, I think, and he is yet to show us that he can stay healthy consistently. And without Embiid, this team is just average. So I'm not sure that I want to place my bets on somebody like Embiid who may or may not be on the court for an extended period of time. You know, if he is on the court and Ben Simmons steps up, sure, they can beat anybody. But in the scheme of things, I'm going to stick with Pretender. I don't expect to see them in the finals and maybe not even in the conference finals. But I will say if they are going to do it, this is their best opportunity that they've had since the process or whatever you want to call it, the 17-year tank job that they've done to get to this point. I think the Embiid injury comment is a little bit overblown. He's been fine in the playoffs. He's always played seven series in the playoffs. I think he gets extensive rest in the regular season for that exact purpose. So I, I don't really buy into that part. I, I do want to make a call. I think their bench is better than it's ever been. Uh, players like Shake Milton have come out and been really good. And I think that that could be important too. Also, I think it's important for them to also get a one seed. Uh, they play tremendous at home. They've always had an amazing at home uh, win loss percentage kind of took that away from them obviously in the bubble but even with no fans there they're 10 and 1 right now at home and again that just backs up year after year they overperform tremendously with that home court advantage and so i think establishing that in the playoffs is really big to give them that extra boost into a championship yeah how crazy would it be even if they allow like you know a handful of fans into games by the time the playoffs start i know the heat are looking at starting to add some fans here soon with some uh covid sniffing dogs which is pretty cool so maybe that'll help with that home court advantage to your point too. So we've got, I've got contender Delco. You've got pretender for the Sixers. Don, what's your official stance? Contender. Contender. Sure. All right. So I, that might be the first time Don and I agree. I'm, I like it. I like being on your side more than I like being on Delco's side. Feels, Feels nice. nicer. Yeah. 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 Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> All 
All right. So once a couple teams we I don't have on my list, the Pacers, no one actually believes in them. Let's be real. The Heat, they made it to the finals last year, but they're currently seven and eleven. Do you guys think they have any chance of turning that around? Just real quick. Yeah, they do. I think they've been hampered by COVID and by injury. I don't think we've seen that team fully formed yet. So I, I definitely think with Eric Spolstra coaching that team, same same top line talent as well. I like them. I think they look good. I just think they haven't had every you know all the pieces together, but they can still push teams in playoffs for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And there's two. There's a couple spots in there for them with the the Hornets and the Cavs likely coming down. They're not that far behind either. The Pete will be completely fine. Yeah, I, I still don't think that right now that they'll make any sort of run that they made last year. Um, I do think that the Heat have maybe the highest likelihood to be the most active in the trade deadline. So that could potentially push them into a contender status for me as well. I don't know. I think I could see the Heat taking on the Nets, man. That That's a tough squad. I really like Jimmy Butler. He's a dog. And there's some nice pieces around there. When they're I'll playing. certainly be cheering for them. I, I can't I can't deny that. I just don't see it happening this year. But Jimmy Butler has proved me wrong before in the past. So that kind of wraps up our contender versus pretender segment here. Do you guys have any final call outs or teams that we might have missed here? Not really. I may be thinking about the Mavs, but they don't look like they're really going to make a step. And the Raptors, I think, will still make the playoffs, but I don't see them as real contenders either. We didn't talk. We didn't talk about my Cavs. Are we or well, the the Cavs train right contenders? Yeah. Well, I left the Cavs out because Too we obvious. know that they're contenders. Too obvious. Let's move on to our Granny Fantasy segment for this week, guys. Who are the top players for the week ahead? Any from the teams that we just talked about that you think are good callouts here? Well, I I don't have know about from the teams we specifically just talked about, but at the week ahead, um, a couple players I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, Thaddeus Young, uh, he uh, Wendell Carter Jr. is hurt for the foreseeable future, and he's a solid all-around player, a good source for steals. I'd be keeping an eye on him. Cody Zeller, who's been back from an injury and been playing quite well, he's not a sexy fantasy player. He's likely still on the on, on the wire, but a great source of rebounds, uh, field goals, and really doesn't hurt you too poorly, too badly anywhere except for three pointers. And I like George Hill a lot this week, too. Um, he's going to be coming back, and he is a, a nice end-of-bench streaming option who also doesn't hurt you uh, really anywhere. So looking at some of these unsexy guys to maybe push a couple categories that you might be looking for next week. Well, I like all those call-outs. Um, I was going to talk about that, Edith Young, as well. I also think Jackson Hayes could be a good name to eye this week. Uh, Steve Adams went went down with a calf injury, and Jackson Hayes is when he does get minutes, he's very productive, um, especially defensively. So that's that's a name that I target. That's probably available. Who gets those Marcus Smart minutes? Speaking of calf injuries, he'll he might miss a couple games, maybe even a week. Is there anyone you're looking at there with with Kimba on a minutes restriction? That's a good question because Peyton Pritchard is is out right now, isn't he? He's still out. So I believe he got an MCL sprain. So that team's actually pretty lackluster in their backcourt. I know I know we're talking backcourt, but that could mean that Tice gets some extra minutes, you know, and they just give Jalen Brown and Tatum the guard duties. Play really big. Yeah, yeah that's for sure. I, yeah, I think Pritchard's out for two weeks. Uh, Smart's going to be out two weeks. Kemba is broken. Don't forget Jeff Teague. He can get in there and get some minutes too. That oh, could yeah, be a sneaky one- ad. That could be a sneaky ad. Yeah, if you're, if you're good with butchering field goal percentage. Speaking of sneaky ads, someone who is under 15% owned in both Yahoo and ESPN, TJ McConnell. Ever since Depot has moved, he's really stepped into a, some decent minutes there and is an amazing. So if you can take the hits and points and threes, uh, blocks, rebounds, he can. <laughs> seriously, he's a though, cookie monster, he though. Can, he can single-handedly win you assists and steals with someone who is probably sitting on the wave wire right now. So I would absolutely look at, look at him if those are categories you need. Yeah, it's definitely like a, a fit guy. If he fits well, it's it's beautiful. But if not, it might be hard to, to roster him. But yeah, definitely a good call out there. Um, let's uh, continue on. So I asked you guys the granny quiz question of the week earlier. I want to see if you, one, how are you feeling? What's your confidence level 
in, in the question or in your answers here. And I'll go ahead and read it first before you answer that. But um, here's the question again. In the 2000s era, what team had the worst regular season win percentage to win the NBA championship? Looking for the franchise and the year. Because like I stated earlier, only nine franchises have won in the 21 championships since 2000. So what do you guys think? What's your confidence level scale one to five here? Five. Wow. He thinks he knows it. No. Oh, no. Sorry. (laughs) I'm almost certain I don't know it. Wow. I I, I have my guess. I have my guess. All right. Let's hear it. My guess is the Mavs team that beat the Heat. I'm pretty sure they came in at a five or a six seed. I don't know what their win percentage was. They were a three seed. Don, what's your answer? <laughs> yeah. It's a tough one, you know. I don't even It's not. This this is like probably the easiest one of the week uh, in the last couple weeks. No, no, it's not. I leave- one that I, <laughs> I'm only gonna get the easy ones right on this. So so one of it definitely had to be easier. Um I know it's not right. I just already know it's not right before I say it. I just can't. For some reason, I can't think. I know it's not the 06 Heat team because they, they played well. They started poor, but they played well. Uh, the two, uh, so what's know. your final answer? 2012 Heat. Don, you should have followed your heart. I know earlier in Is the it show, 06 you Heat? said you typically follow your heart instead of your brain, but you didn't this time. And for that reason, you got it wrong. It was the 06 Heat team. Wow. 63% win percentage. D-Wade and Shaq-led squad. Yeah. Uh, they were 52 and 30. Uh, it actually really wasn't even close. The next closest was 67% from that Pistons team back in 2004. That was going to well. be my second guess. They were tied with a couple other teams. So, uh, yeah, that 06 Miami Heat team, when they beat the Mavs in the first time that they ended up playing right. when they were down 2-0 and came back on Dirk and that Mavs squad. So. Motherfuck. Yeah. Uh, Don, you had a chance there to take the lead on Delco in our 2021 granny trivia quiz question of the week standings but you followed your brand not your heart hope you learn your lesson there's going to be plenty of opportunities to be a duck on this I'm not worried about it i'm just happy i got a point <laughs> <laughs> you're you're on the board that's all that matters that was your 2021 goal that's right all right guys that's going to wrap it up for us today as a reminder you can always follow us on Twitter at GrannyMBA. Shoot us an email, GrannyShotMBA at gmail.com. And wherever you're listening to us, you can follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your pods. Thanks again for listening to us today. We'll talk to you next time. This is Granny Shot. Granny Shot.